0: Hello mummers and welcome to Bumped Mum. I'm your host Emma and this week on the podcast I am bringing you a conversation with Misha. Before I get into this week's episode I thought I'd give you a little lowdown on where we're at at the moment, what's been happening in our world. Um, it is Monday and a week today Louis will be one so first birthday preparations are well in place. We're really um, excited to celebrate the big one. we um, I'm gonna record a podcast episode purely reflecting on the first year of Louie and motherhood, which I'm really excited to do because it's gonna make me sit down and really think about it, um, reminisce on everything. I've been already starting to look through like videos and photos from those newborn days, and it's it's just crazy. Like part of me is just like, wow, like I don't really remember that now, and it was such a special time and. It's nice to look back and be like, wow, we don't actually have a baby anymore. I keep calling him my baby, but he is like a busy little boy who is now crawling. Um, That happened what feels like overnight, and so too has our lives. We've now been baby-proofing. We don't sit down. We've got to be running around after him, which is, um, I now understand what people say where they're like, enjoy it while they don't move, because I saw this thing the other day, and it was like, do you remember when you could just lie your baby down step away for a minute to get like a hot drink or go to the bathroom and you'd come back and they hadn't moved like we're talking like early days but I'm like I don't even remember what that's like now like they're just they get so quick and actually a tip from a friend was when they're naked they're even quicker so the other night before Louis's bath we got him full nude on the carpet and he was lightning quick the little nerdy boy running around um, not running crawling around the carpet had to watch for the carpet burn though um I was kind of like oof surely that's hurting, Um, but yeah, no, it's super cute to watch, so that's been a real positive, really exciting thing that we've gone through recently, Um, otherwise though, I honestly feel like in terms of where I'm at in my motherhood journey, I don't feel like I'm doing anything particularly well at the moment, something I'm definitely working on, um, but I just feel spread quite thin across work, um, family, this podcast, um, being a mum, being a friend, um, I'm just struggling to find my balance, um, so that's, yeah, I feel like the days are so hectic and I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I don't feel like I actually finished anything or, you know, everything feels half done and I'm not getting anywhere, um, we've had some changes in terms of, you know, family situation, who lo- looks after Louie while I'm at work and, really realized that what we actually need is um daycare sooner so um been work- looking around daycares we've got louie enrolled down he's going to start end of august two days a week um and one day with my mother and that has just honestly given me i'm really looking forward to it i know i know some people don't look forward to daycare but i'm really looking forward to it because i need the structure i need to know when i'm going to be focusing on work and when i'm fully going to be focusing on louie and not you know the flexibility of being able to weave my work and motherhood and everything together is amazing and I'm so lucky I have an employer that supports that but for me it's actually not working. I don't feel like I'm productive that way. Um, I need a little bit more set focus thinking time and also time just to think you know not just be I don't know trying to think while I'm with Louie just actually have some thinking time like I there's so much I would love to do with this podcast but I need that space to to do it so really excited to hopefully get a little bit more balance back into our life Um, and I think that will make me feel more present when I am with Louis um, and more focused on work when I am at work as well so just been working through that which um, yeah I can see see the light at the end of the tunnel now and I'm just excited for the next chapter I guess of of what that will look like I was also listening to another podcast the other day and they talked about how we, how we need, you can't pour from an empty cup and we need to fill our own cup to be, you know, the best parent we can be. But they also put a spin on that and it's like, it doesn't have to be so that you can be the best parent you can be. It can just be because you're a person separate to your child who has wants and needs and wants to do things to feel happy. Um, and I know it's so hard to schedule that sort of time and make that sort of time, but that's something I'm really trying to do now as well, like do something that actually just makes me feel good and happy, not because it's going to make me a better mother, but you know, that is the byproduct as well, but also just because I'm a human and before I became a mother, I had these things I enjoyed and wants and needs and um, just making sure I, I carve time and I know it's it's so hard and I feel like at the moment where am I going to find that time but carve that time out to do those things as well to, to fill the cup um not just be running on empty feel like I'm doing a million things at once but what am I actually doing um yeah so that's that's where I'm at at the moment um and I feel like I was always going to get to this point like the you know the working between naps and that stuff was great when he slept more but as he gets older you know We have a midday nap, but that's about it. So, a little morning nap, but pretty much time to maybe have a shower if I haven't had one. So, yeah. On to the next chapter: Louis turning one, me him going to daycare, me having a little bit more structure in our week, and yeah, feeling excited for that. Um, this week's podcast. Um, it's a tough one. It's 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 an incredibly sad story, but in the same way. Um it's a it's a really special story to share and Misha um, is this week's guest and Misha want, reached out to me to want to share her experience of miscarriage um, loss and pregnancy after loss um, she shares with us the grief of losing their baby girl last year who unexpectedly passed away at three weeks old she's pregnant again um her third pregnancy in three years after her first mis- miscarriage in 2021 so misha wanted to share i guess her experience of a fourth trimester so a very different perspective um, to any other guests i've had on the show um, navigating mm-hmm. postpartum without your baby um, going back to work being on parental leave the emotions that have come with that the hurt getting pregnant again and how she's what that has been like for her and her husband and what her journey of motherhood has really been now I appreciate this episode will be quite triggering for some people out there so if this you know is something that you're not ready to listen to then definitely skip this one I know it's an incredibly um, sensitive topic um, but it's a motherhood journey that I was so grateful for Misha wanting to share because I, you know I I appreciate that she's probably not alone in what she's been through no journeys exactly the same but yeah I think it's an important one to share and we talk about it I really just let her tell her story in this episode Um, I'll also tag Misha's account in the show notes because she's more than happy for anyone that wants to to reach out to her and chat Um, she talks about how sharing her experience and talking about her baby girl, Olive, has been a big part of her healing process. So um, yeah, if, if this resonates with you and you want to talk with her, she's more than happy to do that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, enjoy seems like a funny word to say but I hope you appreciate this episode and I think there's so much that we can take from it and yeah, be so grateful for our motherhood experiences and I am just really excited for Misha with this pregnancy and baby on the way and again just so grateful she came on and shared so without further me yabbering let's get into the episode. I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone that's listening tell us a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Oh yeah thank you um thanks for having me um yeah so I'm Misha I um live in Ham- hamilton we've lived here for about um three years me and my husband dan um we have a dog mellow who will be turning five this year Aww. and um yeah she's gorgeous and i'm a mum to um ollie olive um who is a little angel baby because she passed away when she was three weeks old last year um, so i guess we'll go into that but um in terms of what I do. Um, I'm a graphic designer, brand strategist, kind of content creator and I work in Auckland a couple of days a week. I kept my job and I moved down here and then I work from home and yeah, that's kind of um,
0: where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, firstly, I guess we're going to talk a lot about it in today's podcast, but I'm just so, so sorry to hear about the loss of your beautiful girl, um, yeah. yeah. that's obviously gonna you're gonna tell us your motherhood journey today we're gonna kind of talk through everything from you know starting your family what pregnancy looked like um and go through all of that so um thank you so much for wanting to come and share your story side note what sort of dog do you have
1: uh she's an irish terrier
0: oh she's kind of like
1: not very common in new zealand i think when we got her a couple you know like four years ago whenever it was there's only like maybe like two breeders and now there's only one so oh wow and my in my whole time of like having her i think i've only come across maybe like two other dogs that are irish terriers and just so she looks a, a bit like, like a she's like a, a an um you know gingery color um oh. and she has got like a snout like a schnauzer yeah um, it's kind of like a like lots of people say she's a regal looking dog and she's kind of like a medium to like yeah, a medium kind of size dog. And she's like super chill. So
0: she didn't was not always that way, but <laughs> Yeah. I'm just having a just have um love dogs, just having a little Google. Yeah, of what, yeah. She looks like <laughs> beautiful. And hey, I would love for you to share with everyone um your journey to pregnancy, um, starting a family. When did it start and how was that for you?
1: Hmm, yeah, cool so i think just trying to think back now um after we moved here so that was like october 2020 i'd always kind of said like um you know i'll we'll look at having a baby after i turn 30 and i was quite career focused in my um my 20s um and i turned 30 um kind of at the end of the first lockdown um in may 2020 and so by the time we moved here it was kind of like okay we've got our next kind of home for the next little while. Maybe we should kind of start trying, like who knows how long it will take, etc. all of those things. Mm. Um, so I think it was probably like yeah, December 2020 that we started trying and we literally got pregnant straight away. Oh, wow. Um, which was like kind of crazy. And then also looking back to that and then looking at where our story is now was kind of like, wow. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, so I think I found out um didn't have any symptoms really, but um I found out literally at the airport, which sounds really weird. I was on the way to Nelson with a couple of my girlfriends and we were about to do the Abel Tasman hike. Oh wow. Yeah, which just <laughs> is crazy. Um, because we were camping as well, so we were literally carrying like twenty five KG packs. So it was too late to obviously not do it and you know i think it was kind of fine but um and yeah, how were at the airport that? um like i was fine i didn't as i said i didn't really have many symptoms yeah um obviously just a missed period which is why i took the test mm. um and i think i think i was like only maybe a day late by that stage I was like, okay, I'll just take the test because I'm gonna be doing this massive hike and like kinda wanna know. Mm. Um so yeah, I took the test, called my husband or like sent my picture when I was at the airport and like, holy (gasps) crap, like uh yeah. (laughs) So anyway, went ahead and did the hike, um, which was pretty hard and like, you know, just for a normal person. Um but luckily, yeah, I wasn't feeling too many effects of pregnancy. It was just kind of, like, quite tiring. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so I got back from that holiday, like, 10 days later or whenever it was. And kind of only had maybe, like, three or four days with Dan to kind of, like, get excited about the pregnancy before I had a miscarriage. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Compared to what I've gone through since, mm-hmm. um, it didn't. It kind of just felt like I didn't really have time to get used to it because I hadn't even contacted a midwife. Like I was only probably like five and a half weeks by that stage. Yeah. Um. Again, like I hadn't, you know, I didn't have many symptoms. I you no, know, I apart from going on the hike and you know having all that time to think about it on the hike and you know I talked about it with my girlfriends about being pregnant and they were a couple of years younger, so they were they weren't kind of at that stage. Um but you know we talked about oh you know, it was baby's first hike that kind of you know like you know stuff yeah, yeah. You start to talk about so you know there was a little yes. bit of investment but in terms of me and Dan together we didn't really have much time to get used to it or even talk about like planning it you know planning what it was going to be like so mm. yeah, yeah that's kind of um,
0: the first one <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and so with that did um, you did you have a dnc or did it kind did you no, it just it passed itself. Um okay. I think on the day
1: we'd gone for a coffee and a walk, me and Dan down to the like took take a mellow for a walk down the dog park and I think later that day I kind of like started to have a few cramps and like feeling a mm. bit off and then yeah, then I um I had a little bit of um, spotting and yeah, passed like a quite small little sack thing. Um and mm. I think maybe I don't even know if I'd had a blood test by then because i had been on holiday and stuff. I think I went to get a blood test and they said okay your levels are pretty low that mm. like that they didn't can kind of confirm it straight away as a miscarriage but I kind of like knew because of the mm. way I was feeling um, mm. and then I think maybe a week later they did another blood test and yeah, they like confirmed it. Oh so,
0: Yeah. Still such a big, you know, still such a shock to go through when you know it's your first you know no I don't think yeah really easy, yeah but like you know even those few weeks you start to imagine like you say like oh this you know what's life going to be like now and you start thinking um forward mm. and you and I think for most like we all just think it's never going to happen to us and then the reality is is it is just happens to so many people so how did you feel yeah. kind of after that and did you guys start trying straight away or what was that like
1: yeah I'm just trying to remember I think um I was feeling okay like Mm. pretty um you know a bit dejected obviously and a bit upset um Mm. we we, apart from the girls that I had gone on a hike with we hadn't really told anyone because it was so new Mm. um and I think on the day that I miscarried I'd called my parents and I was sort of drinking this pregnancy tea and uh, I sort of showed them because it said something on it. Like, um, I can't even remember what it said. Anyway, I just kind of like showed it to them and they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm pregnant, but I think I'm having a miscarriage today and like kind of like got really upset. And then, so that was kind of like the telling them. So it was kind of like, yeah. So even from there, like, I don't know. I can't remember if we told that many people kind of really focused on it but I think by that stage it was like okay well you know we do um, want to start trying and I think mm-hmm. I got my period back pretty much like the next month so mm-hmm. um, I guess in a way it was my body it was just like it was having a period um, yeah and then yeah I guess from there the hard thing was, um, I got my period back maybe like three times, and then I lost my period, weirdly, oh. after that, um, and I had five months of no period, which was difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and I think and- I found that harder because it was like, okay, I accepted that we'd had a miscarriage, and um, you know, but now this is the phase you want to move into, but. I'm not getting a period and I'm obviously not ovulating. So um, it was kind of like why and like where to from here? <laughs> and mm. I don't know, you know, I didn't know how long that was going to take to come back. Um, so yeah, we kind of, I went to the doctors and like, he, I kind of like had this new GP that I, since I moved to Hamilton and he was kind of, I don't know, he was a bit, I'd, Found him a bit plaza, and he was kind of like oh you're probably just stressed
0: and mm. i was like well
1: i mean maybe but i um have been way more stressed in the past like i have um i've had a lot of ups and downs and mental health issues in the past and i've never lost my pre- um lost my period through through that yeah. so i was kind of confused as to what might be happening anyway long story short Dan's mum works for Fertility Associates, um, and she kind of got us. Well, she just works in administration, but she kind of introduced us to someone that we could get an appointment to kind of like figure a bit more out about it. I think I had like an initial appointment. It kind of suggested maybe it was PCOS, um, but not definitively. And then we were due to have sort of like the initial. I guess fertility appointment in August 2021, and we went into lockdown again. Um, And I think so. We had that first appointment over the phone, and it was um, no, it was yeah. Sorry, we had the appointment booked, but I literally got my period back the week before the appointment.
0: (laughs) Why do things like this always happen? I know it was just like
1: then it it comes back. it was just messing with me so that was all kind of like oh okay well and so i guess the the fertility lady was like well just see how you go over the next like kind of six months so hopefully you're you know hopefully things will start to um kind of you know cycle back to normal and Mm -hmm. just start trying again and like come back and see us in six months if nothing's happened kind of thing yeah yeah um so we started trying again and we got pregnant again, um, must have been in November. So
0: okay, so a couple like, of months after. Yeah,
1: so like about three months later. So yeah. nothing too hard. Uh, I mean, mm. you know, like kind of like um, wasn't too long to wait and I know people have all sorts of lengths of journeys. Um, yeah, so... I guess getting pregnant the second time was exciting. Also, um, you know, nerve-wracking in terms Mm. of anticipating another miscarriage. Yeah. Um, I was probably quite nervous, especially that first six weeks and then the first 12 weeks. Um, And Dan was... Did it kind of, like,
0: did you let yourself, like, you know, did you let yourself kind of enjoy the fact that you were pregnant or did you feel kind of just until it got to a certain point and you felt like you were kind of like on edge a little bit and didn't want to tell people or like what, how did you kind yeah. of after having a miscarriage?
1: I think that it was always in the back of my mind that the miscarriage could and probably would happen. I, you know, I can't, I can't really remember now so much has happened since then, but um, yeah, I I mean Dan definitely didn't want to tell anyone even our families mm-hmm. um they're just kind of worried about us getting too excited and um yeah so we we maybe told a couple of close friends that we spend a lot of time with and that it was kind of obvious because it was over Christmas and New Year period obviously or, like in you're Friday, not November. <laughs> November yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I yeah that's right I remember Obviously, we were at both of our families for Christmas and they didn't know. Um, and, you know, I'm quite, I like, I love, a, you know, a good, like, wine sometimes or a gin. So I just, like, pretended to drink gin the whole time. And everyone kind of, like, knew that we were trying. So I was kind of just like, oh, you know, I'll have a couple of gins or, like, and we would, I would just have a tonic. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you know on christmas day trying not to like eat the cold ham or whatever but i didn't kind of make it too obvious um mm. i think it wasn't probably until the 12-week mark um well you know we had an uh scan at eight weeks which was actually on Eve, which was kind of funny oh wow um, we'd come back from our batch in the coromandel and um had it on news, even then, just had a low key sort of party with our friends that night. Um, I think we actually told a couple of friends that night because everyone's kind of playing beer pong and that kind of thing. And I was like, "Well, no, I'm definitely not going to be doing that."
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like a it's bit tricky, more obvious, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, that New Zealand drinking culture. When you're pregnant, yeah. you really become very aware of it because it's like if you're not drinking, it's like, "Why? Why not have a drink?" Yeah. And Surely, I think like you yeah.
1: know, on an on a another maybe another evening, I could get away with. Oh no, I don't feel like a drink tonight, or whatever. Even though yeah. probably a little bit out of character, but New Year's Eve, probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. God. Anyway, um, yeah, and then the pregnancy kind of went from there. I like think we um, it was pretty much twelve weeks by the time we told our families. Um, it was about sort of Whitening Day, Whitening Weekend
0: um yeah and in terms of the pregnancy like how were you feeling and like did you have any other kind of not like first trimester symptoms it was a relatively I mean I hate to use the word normal because I don't think there's anything Mm. normal pregnancy birth babies but was there anything any concerns or was it just a healthy normal wish yeah
1: it was pretty healthy pretty it was yeah super healthy normal um I think I had you know a little bit of nausea, the hangover feeling, a little bit of tiredness kind of like all those common symptoms but nothing super out of the ordinary and I think I kind of enjoyed my pregnancy and I had a relatively easy one um, I think I only kind of vomited at work a couple of times and <laughs> the rest of the time it was kind of yeah it was it was pretty fine. Um, yeah we were doing a well i think it must have been around that time we were doing a big renovation i mean this is only last year kind of um, i know i thinking about it but yeah wow. um we yeah we were doing a massive renovation on our house um so there's nothing like a deadline to try and get you sorted <laughs> um <laughs> so most of my pregnancy we were kind of just renovating and and you know working and whatnot and um yeah thankfully it didn't affect me
0: too much in terms of symptoms and whatnot yeah and so when were you due and maybe talk us through and i appreciate this is probably you know it's it's hard to talk through but talk us through kind of Mm. like your going into labor birth um and what that was like for you Mm, yeah,
1: so I think I was due on the seventeenth of August. Um, so yeah, got to thirty-eight weeks, and I think by then I think I'd finished work at thirty-seven weeks. Um, and we'd literally only moved back into our house maybe at like thirty-six weeks. We were oh we ended up living we ended up living with Dan's parents for like. Three, two or three months because we kind of left for a couple of days when we were doing some painting and then it kind of just got way too chaotic and <laughs> um, so we kind of like moved back in and then at 38 weeks um yeah it was, we were booked for like a little photo shoot I've got a photographer friend down here and we're booked for a pregnancy photo shoot and um I had a call from my midwife to say that um the kind of like blood pressure reading from the week before's appointment was a bit off and they thought i might have preeclampsia um exactly. and so i think it was the partner midwife was like you should probably go to the hospital and i was like um okay like as in like pack my bags go to the hospital and she was like yeah just pack your bags and i was like oh well the photographer's coming in like 30 minutes can we just like have our photo shoot first which sounds really bad but like I was like, you know, how urgent is it? Like, yeah. Anyway, we kind of like decided to do the photo shoot, and Dan was like, not very happy about that. But um, <laughs> anyway, it was kind of fine. And then we, after that, packed up, went to the hospital. Um, and just, I just had to be monitored for like, it ended up only being about, I don't, it wasn't even overnight. We got to come home at like midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a bit strange. And then, um, I was just being monitored over the next sort of couple of weeks. Just had would have bloods every couple of days, but it was kind of a bit of a red herring. Like I didn't end up having preeclampsia, and I only had sort of one or two of the little markers. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the birth plan kind of went ahead in terms of I wanted to birth at um, Waterford Birth Centre, which is one of the two birth centres in Hamilton um and i'm just trying to think yeah i got to 41 weeks on the day and so between 40 and 41 weeks i was kind of like okay yeah like i feel ready now up yeah. until then i've kind of been like okay baby can wait because i've only just finished work and i'm only just finished renovating and i feel like i need a bit of chill time yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but- <laughs> yeah very busy um so yeah i was kind of just like between 40 and 41 a kind of trying to do the things that you do to make later come on so just going for lots of walks and things um so yeah um 41 weeks we were booked in to um just have like the routine midwife appointment um i think it was like 10 a.m on the, the like day of 41 weeks and the night before my water's broke um, at, like, 3 a.m. Um, so, yeah, I think I kind of woke up Dan was like, um, oh, I think something's happening. Like, I'm pretty sure my water's have just broke. Um, and kind of was like, okay, well, it's only, like, 3 a.m., best to get some sleep. Um,
0: so did you end up going to birth care to birth, or did you need to yeah, go to hospital? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So just
1: kept laboring away. I think Dan. A couple of hours later, Dan called the midwife and was like, "Contractions are getting really close. Like, they're kind of like less than a minute apart now, lasting over a minute. Sometimes starting to overlap." And she was like, "Are you sure?" Because <laughs> you know, like earlier in the day, she was like, "Call me at 7 p.m. if anything was happening."
0: Yeah.
1: And um, yeah. So. It was kind of, it was getting pretty intense and I think by this stage I'd definitely gone into my own space, like I had, my birth pain was kind of like I didn't want any pain relief, I wanted to be able to go to the birth centre and just have kind of as natural as birth as possible, you know, whatever that means, but um, I think it was probably about three or four o'clock by the time the midwife came to our house and with the student midwife as well. And kind of like just observe some contractions and observe me. And by this stage, I didn't really even want to talk. I just wanted to use my TENS machine. Like there was a, a specific way that I wanted to use it. And that was just how I coped with the contractions breathing through, as well as some like kind of mantras I was saying in my head. Um, and yeah, I think she could tell by that stage that I was, like inactive labor by that point. Mm-hmm. Um I can't remember exactly but maybe about six pm, five between five thirty and six. So they were like, okay, we should probably think about going to the birth center now because these are seeming pretty intense and like very close together. Um and I think at that stage I remember the one thought I had was like I could just have this baby here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was feeling like quite good at home and the thought of getting in the car was like
0: Even when the birth centre
1: is only about 10 minutes away, I was just kind of like, I couldn't sit down. Like I was mostly just standing swaying for most of the contractions and I just couldn't imagine sitting in the car. (laughs) So I was like, you know, it crossed my mind to be like, let's just have it here. But then it was like, no, all right, you know, we're going to get in the car, we're going to go. So, yeah, we drove kind of through. Peak traffic. I mean, you know, peak traffic in Hamilton's not exactly terrible, but it's kind of like you know, five thirty on a Wednesday. It must have been, yeah.
0: I'm sure it still felt Um, like a long drive, you know, when
1: you're. Yeah, I think it felt like about half an hour. I think it was probably only about fifteen minutes, but I was on all fours in the back seat. (laughs) Dan driving. Um, you know, having, you know, a number of contractions um and once I got to the birth center yeah I just um labored for another couple of hours and then I think it was probably like 8 or eight thirty p.m I really wanted to get into the birth pool um because that was kind of my plan and yeah I think I'm trying to remember I think I pushed for like 45 minutes or something and she was born at Quarter past eleven. Oh wow! That night. So in the pool, um, and Dan caught her. Oh yeah. So okay. it was like a it was a really really nice birth. Um, yeah. Which, considering what has happened since, is a really nice like memory to have. Um,
0: yeah. So, birth sounds like you know everything went at, like really well like it sounds like it yeah, a they yeah. experience. so talk yeah. us through maybe what then happened um yeah from yeah you so know, she was taking her home sorry. and no no you're okay taking her home and what you know the next few days weeks were like mm, yeah so
1: um she got checked over and she was all like normal and healthy she was 3.6 Kg. so yeah her name is ollie um olive francis was her full name mm. um and we just stayed in what the birth center for a couple of nights i think because we birthed there and it was like after a certain time we were allowed to have three nights then we ended oh, up nice. saying two but um yeah we just felt that was like looking back that was like the best time like um we were just in our little bubble and you know you have like really nice food and they support you but i think um my breastfeeding started off pretty well and we didn't really feel like we needed too much help um so we didn't really kind of get checked much and it was, it was kind of just like feeling like we were in a little hotel kind of bubble because um mm. that booth center had been recently renovated and it was super nice like um We had a few visitors and whatnot, just like close family. Um, Yeah, so we came home, must have been on like this Saturday, so she was born on like the Wednesday night. Um, Came home, I remember there was an All Bikes game on, so we like stayed up to watch the game, which I mean, we're not avid rugby fans, but it was kind of like, we were feeling super confident and then um that night we hardly got any sleep so we really should have gone to bed at like (laughs) 8pm um but you know we were feeling kind of like on a high um and yeah i guess the next um three weeks were was our beautiful kind of newborn bubble um she was doing pretty well. Um, yeah. She was kind of like doing all the normal things. I was feeling really confident. Um, the only thing that was happening in terms of her health was she wasn't really putting on weight. Okay. Um, which is like, you know, super normal for a lot of yeah. babies. Um, you know, Um so she, I think, like, in her whole three weeks of her life, um, she only put on weight once, and it was, like, quite minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was kind of, like, slowly um, – I I guess she was losing weight, or well, just not gaining, anyway. Yeah. Um, we, we were having the standard kind of midwife checks. Um, she was coming every couple of days or however – um, however long, however freaking it was, and those kind of, you know, just like the standard kind of thing. Um, and did they
0: suggest like you know adding formula, or were you breastfeeding? What did they suggest anything with like for to help weight gain, or was it just kind of one of those things that like, oh, it's no need. to yeah, we'll see how she goes. As, as the days
1: wore on, um, and as she was kind of being checked every couple of days, we definitely um tried things to help her put on weight like we tried Mm. um a bottle and we tried a lactate uh, i think it's called lactate which is like a little tube thing that you put next to your nipple um and like she was latching and she Mm. was feeding um and i had like a lot of i had like milk um a lot of let down and stuff um Mm. and just like something wasn't quite right because there was some reason why she wasn't putting on weight um and then yeah um we trying to think um i guess i was quite like because i'd been so confident those first couple of weeks um I'd been like out and about, like I walked after three days. I'd taken mm. her out to like the shops with my friend after like a week, and you know I'd, I'd gone for drives. And you know, Dan had gone back to work after about two weeks, and um, you know I was feeling all confident, but I think I was just trying to do too much. Mm. Um, and my wife sort of said, you know, just slow down, just just try to you know rest at home and just try to focus on you know feeding Ollie and things and. In that last week, where she continued to lose weight, um, we did try many things, um, like I just did, and then we got a lactation consultant um, um, by advice of the midwife the day before she passed, um, mm-hmm. and um, her opinion was that she that I you know I could change a couple of things about the way I was feeding, but um there wasn't anything like super obvious as to why Mm. she wasn't putting on weight and um that day I think we actually went to the the osteo as well because I was I was seeing an osteo for my hip just a Mm. few niggles so we saw the baby osteo and they kind of checked out her anatomy and you know she seemed all fine um there wasn't anything to be alarmed by she had a couple of episodes of like I don't know if I'd call it stopping breathing, but like very slightly blue lips, um, which looking back now is kind of, you know, um, something that we should have, that should have, something that should have been potentially more alarming than it was. Mm. Um, it was once witnessed by the midwife and she kind of just was like, oh, that's a bit strange. But like, it's just like she, she explained it as um, maybe there was something between the, The sucking reflex and her kind of breathing and trying to latch you know there was something happening Mm -hmm. there that maybe wasn't quite right anyway so yeah i think it was on the tuesday we'd seen the baby osteo we'd we'd seen the um the lactation consultant the lactation consultant and my wife was of the opinion that we should go to the hospital to get some help um Mm -hmm. Because we'd had you know a couple of really rough nights of trying to get her to feed and um, just we were exhausted you know as everyone is but um, so yeah we kind of packed up our bags and um, the midwife had called ahead to the pediatric ward unfortunately I don't know if it's the same in every hospital but you can't go straight to the pediatric ward you have to go through the emergency department yeah. And, um, yeah, if anyone knows anything about emergency p- departments in the last couple of years, um, they're pretty horrific um, in terms of their wait times and things. And mm. we, um, we went there and um, we're seen, like, relatively quickly, kind of within the hour, and put onto the um, children's ward of the emergency department. And we were just waiting to be seen um, by doctors and nurses and things and she'd had a bunch of checks Um, all throughout this she is seemingly kind of like normal Um, she's you know been a bit sleepy she hasn't been um, yeah to us she was um, nothing was alarming and yeah the the midwife and the lactation consultant there wasn't like a sense of urgency as if something was wrong Mm. Um, we were kind of yeah. The emergency department was really busy, so it was kind of like a number of hours and in, uh, in between being seen, um, between mm. like kind of checks on her. She didn't have a temperature or anything. She was kind of just like a little bit grisly, but you know, she's a no-one. Mm. Um, yeah, they um. I don't know how much detail i want to go into here because it's kind of like a bit of a long a long but could be short story but um basically within this space this is you know probably we got to the emergency department at 6 pm um, we had checks on and off um until 11 pm um when it was shift changeover and um there was an oxygen saturation thingy on her foot, which had been sort of playing up all night, which was a bit kind of strange. But we were reassured that it was a faulty machine, um, which turns out probably was a very much a red flag. Um, mm. Post shift change at eleven pm, a new set of doctors and nurses came to check her and um, do some bloods before we went up to the ward um and she after the blood test she was kind of like screaming and you know because you know blood tests aren't nice for anyone let alone babies Mm. and i'd kind of just started to feed her to calm her down and then she had this little episode of um stopping breathing Similar to, I, I can't really remember now, but similar to um, what had happened before. But um, basically she was just wrapped out of my arms and um, taken down to the recess room. Um, we didn't really know what was happening. No one was kind of explaining to us what was happening. Um, and, you know, we had to sort of run through the um, the emergency ward to the other side of it where the recess room was. And, um, yeah, they did all sorts of things and tried to figure out what was going on. And um, she um, increasingly got worse, her condition. Mm. Um, And, yeah, maybe... Within the next two hours, um, we were shifted into a family room, um, which I knew was an alarm bell. Um, and, yeah, we were asked to it was sort of like... <sighs> We, were, we watched a little bit of the, um, her being in the recess room. It was kind of, I would ex- describe it as being something out of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> as in, yeah. you, know, you know, there's you know, up to 20 people running in and out of a room. Oh, wow. Lots of, lots of noise, lots of alarms, um, lots of people. Not yelling, but, you know, kind of like a very chaotic medical um, emergency yeah. thing. Yeah. After about an hour, we... Um, and removed ourselves from that they took us to the family room you know tell us we should contact our families that she was very sick and that she would be in ICU for the night um, at least and sort of in between um, contacting our families um, my parents Dan's parents lived around the corner so they came to the hospital and my parents lived in Pukkoe so they were just on the phone um, but yeah the um kind of an hour later um these three people walked into the room with probably the blankest faces you've ever seen and just kind of explained to us that um she had passed away so yeah yeah oh my goodness! worst worst moment of our life so yeah yeah so i wasn't actually going to get into that much detail but it's kind of hard to uh, explain it with um just kind of being being brief about it. So, yeah. yeah. And in a nutshell, that's when the rest of our lives started.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my mm. goodness, I just can't. Yeah. No one can imagine. I think is that like, unless you've been through that, no one can be like, oh, I understand. Like no one can understand mm. that. It's so, yeah. So much pain. And it, um, and
1: it was um. It's. It's not like um. It's not like other people I've talked to since you know I've, we're obviously on a journey of grief and loss now and mm-hmm. you know i've I've spoken to a couple of people who have had either you know stillbirths or um their children have been ill um as in you know they like have a known sickness or that kind of thing we kind of we have we had like an hour and a half of getting used to that. well not even that really kind of it was it all happened so fast so mm-hmm. yeah it's um it was very, very shocking.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to ask, after that. It kind of just, yeah. just yeah, yeah. It's just heartbreaking. But
1: yeah. Uh, so maybe to... if I just um briefly yeah. go through what happened over the next few weeks without trying to yeah. get into too much detail because yeah, we were going to talk talk about um my current pregnancy, which I yeah. am doing now. Um. Yeah, basically, um, we were interviewed by police, which is, um, you know, traumatic in itself because it oh, was wow. a, a very sudden a sudden death. Um, I come from a family of funeral directors, so I had an, an awareness of what that process would be like. Um, obviously, I thought I would never have to go through it, but it kind of um, went into that mode of, you um, know, we've got to prepare for what's next, so um, that was... Her going off to, um, to have her post mortem. Um, Us kind of, you know, going home and um, having to tell people, um, and over the next kind of week, preparing for her funeral. Um, And as like super super difficult as as it was, it it really brought our families together. Um, In terms of her funeral, we had an amazing service to celebrate her life um we had probably about 300 people there because we both have quite big families and then also um you know like friend groups and you know we've, we've lived in different places over the years and worked in different places and you know i think something like that touches a lot of people and especially because i'd i'd shared so much of my pregnancy and you know three weeks of motherhood um so much on social media so i think even though not that many people had met her, um, you know, there was a lot of connection. So it was, it was a big kind of funeral. Um, And then, yeah, I guess life after that um, was very, very hard. Um, So that was, yeah, she passed away on the 14th. She was born on the 24th of August last year and she passed away September the 14th. And, so yeah this week she would have been 11 months old and so obviously we're preparing for her first birthday in a month's time um and this year has been yeah the absolute worst but it's also i guess brought us a lot of perspective about life and different things and navigating grief and
0: yeah (laughs) i mean yeah what I mean, nothing can kind of, I guess, take that pain away. I think it's something you learn to live with. But has there been anything that has helped you and your husband kind of process this that, you know, if there's other families going through something similar, you'd say like this was mm. something that really helped us or something that really didn't help us. Like it's just such a hard one to navigate and such a yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's – what what has – Yeah, I mean, we both um,
1: – initially we, we were offered um, counselling through a service called, um, called True Colours, which is a service in Hamilton, which is just support bereaved parents, and we went to an initial session with them, which was good, and I felt, found it good. But um, I already had my own – counselor that I'd seen over the years um you know I actually have bipolar but it's kind of and vet comes and goes in varying degrees and Mm. um so I've I've had a counselor for quite a long time so I went back to see her and yeah I think it's um it's talking about it um Mm. and it is kind of just like riding the waves of the emotions because there's so, so many emotions Um, and that there's like no right way to do it. I think knowing that your partner and yourself will grieve very differently as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was, you know, certainly in the early days and the early months was pretty hard on our marriage. Um, And I think we've come out the end of it, you know, we'll never be out the end of it. But in terms of like that phase, like we're much more in a place of um, being stronger and communicating and that kind of thing. But, you know, there's there's so many different things in those early days and months of, you know, anger, guilt, frustration, um, Mm -hmm. just pure loss, um, you know, just like so much. And, you know, we, we, he had to go back to work and I was still on maternity leave. So, Mm. Um, you know, navigating those different experiences as well was, was quite challenging. And, you know, obviously ne- me navigating a maternity leave without a baby um, was, was super difficult, you know, having all this time on my hands, but um, not having a baby to care for, you know, was mm. the hardest thing, is the hardest thing in the world. Um, you know, and... <laughs> grieving so many different things grieving um you know her life her potential and then our what our lives would have been like as well mm. um, you know there's so many facets to it and it's it's in terms of um anyone else going through the journey it's going to be so different for anyone depending yeah. on you know what's happened or or you know just how you are as a person or how you um navigate hard times in your life like I think I think I really surprised myself in terms of after she passed not falling into a deep depression because I had been there in in the past Mm -hmm. but it was such a different feeling it was you know such a deep deep sadness but um yeah it was just it was different um and knowing how hard I'd worked on my mental health struggles in the past I think that really helped me in a way to um I think maybe like resilience or something um yeah and so did you stay
0: off work for like your full planned maternity leave or like yeah um, pretty much okay um
1: I think I was due to go back to, like, I think my six months would have been up in February, I think, yeah, Mm. and I went back to work in mid-January, basically, when the studio opened again and kind of just went back fresh at the start of the year with everyone Mm. else, which I think was really good, because it was, like, the first day of the year, and, like, everyone was kind of, like, catching up, and it didn't feel like I was kind of, like, reintroducing myself back into work, um you know, the focus wasn't on me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in my work, my work was really good about it.
0: And, and I don't know yeah. if this is something that you ever, you know, if you got answers to, but did you, I mean, did you find out what, what actually caused? Yeah,
1: so um, the- that's, I guess, like, the next part of our journey, mm-hmm. Um. well, uh, is – you know since then i've had to deal with um uh coroners and um the coronial process is a very very frustrating one um, there was also a hospital investigation in terms of um you know it was a very unexpected outcome from their perspective um so that investigation wrapped up in um, the end of last year and there was a report that came from that um which was, you know, very difficult to navigate. Um, we kind of had a medical advocate helping us with that. Um, and, you know, we're, ne- we're certainly not at the end of that journey. Um, there, I mean, all I can say really is the hospital did have some some pretty major failings in terms of mm. um, the things that happened that night and the things that they didn't do and should have done um we've also been going through a genetic testing process in terms of like trying to find out whether it was something that she was born with um and we've just sort of received the results of that that it wasn't genetic the the kind of like the thing that happened to her um In terms of the coroner's process, we were sort of informed from the start that that process could take anywhere up to two years. Um, Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, uh, it's really, really hard for families trying to find out what's happened to their loved ones. Um, And I know it's been in the papers and the press a little bit. Um, And, yeah, so... They they do have a, like a sort of a working diagnosis as to what went wrong that that sort of come from the um, pathologist the um, the post mortem but um, yeah it's it's kind of it's an ongoing journey to to yes. um, figure that out and um, yeah it's uh, I don't know when that will be kind of Yeah, they've they've informed us that they won't be looking at our case until next year now, which is frustrating because initially when um, I got pregnant for the, again, um, which we haven't really talked about, but we might (laughs) run out of time, um, they said that they would prioritize it, but they, it's it's just, they just apparently the workload is too large. So, you know, that's, you know, super frustrating, but um, it kind of is what it is, unfortunately.
0: Wow, that is, um, mm. and I know it's the case with everything health-related, you know, it's stretched yeah. under resourced, yeah. but it's just so hard to hear that, you know, for, you know, you guys are, have been through such a traumatic experience and you're still not really getting some sort of, and I mean, it, whether that would actually make you, give you closure or not, yeah. I don't know, it's obviously so personal as well, yeah. but um, yeah. such a, I'm just, yeah, it's to go through that and then, you know, obviously you and your partner, husband, um, have gone on to now you're pregnant again. So I would love you to share a little bit about that. I I hate to be like, now let's talk about the positive. We don't want to like, but but it's, you know, part of your story now is that you are expecting another bub. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess we didn't um, we didn't start trying straight away obviously we were in the thick of the grief um, and you know losing Ollie um, and that was sort of you know just even day by day trying to get by um, but yeah after a few months we sort of talked about it on and off um, and yeah, we did start trying again, and I did fall pregnant. Um, I'm trying to work out when it would be, but I'm twenty six weeks now. So yeah, so we're having a boy, and he cool. is due um on Guy Fawkes early November. Oh, um, oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, and how it's, long um, does that thing?
0: Be- like emotionally to be pregnant again after after losing Ollie
1: yeah a lot yeah <laughs> it is emotionally a lot uh physically um it is very similar to Ollie's pregnancy um pretty much exactly the same yeah a little bit of nausea a little bit of tiredness um, and i think <sighs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, talking through my story, this is my third pregnancy in three mm. years, and I still don't have a baby with me. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think it, it just it feels like such a time warp that I'm in because mm-hmm. it feels like I'm kind of repeating last year all over again in terms of being pregnant and we're doing a little renovation again and, Mm. and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through, well, essentially my third, but my, my, my second like full pregnancy in terms of, you know, hopefully having a baby at the other end. Um, And that is so different from anything that I basically read about in terms of, you know, second pregnancy, usually got a toddler around and like that kind of thing. Whereas I'm kind of navigating, you know, um being I'm um, you know I'm back at work full time like life in a, in a nutshell has gone back to what you might say normal but it'll never be normal again but um mm. you know like everything has moved on and and it's it's very different to those early days of um navigating what life was like coming to terms of with living without Ollie and then You know, starting this pregnancy again—it's yeah, it's it's a mindfuck. (laughs) Excuse me, to be honest, like sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, did like was she real? Like, did that happen? Mm. Like, you know, there's is, but then obviously there's the beautiful memories and this like the millions of pictures that I took of her and you know Mm. the memories of my last pregnancy and you know the things that my body remembers and um yeah so it is a lot yeah it's yeah it's um you know there's sometimes you know um, there's excitement about the little, this little guy that's growing really well and um, by all accounts is healthy um, but yeah uh, the the yeah the mental health journey is certainly like pretty tough um sometimes I have you know pretty good days pretty normal days and sometimes just feel horrible (laughs) yeah so yeah
0: oh it's just so much to go through and like you say like it's just something you never imagine will happen no you know like and no one can understand I think and You Have you kind of found, I guess, a community of families that have experienced this sort of loss? And has that been like a support for you and your husband? Because as well, I very much appreciate like he's lost his daughter as well Um, Mm. and your family and, you know, those sorts of things. Is there a community out there that, you know, you can connect with? I'm so grateful you've come Mm. on and shared with us because I'm sure there's so many mothers out there that will listen to this and it will just you know it's just nice to know you're not the only yeah. one right
1: yeah i mean we haven't really found a, like in terms mm. of a community like there are there are support groups there's a support group called Sands, and i think maybe we might join that in the future but um mm. we yeah i guess like we were so in a way lucky that we had so much friends and family support at the beginning. Mm. Um, We kind of didn't really take refuge in any of those kind of groups. Um, Mm. We kind of had a lot of people around us and, um, and and I have been like super open about our journey on um, social media. Um, I've kind of like shared a lot, probably not really in the last couple of months, but um, definitely in the early stages, that was kind of my outlet and Mm. You know is something that my husband didn't really understand as much um you know he's not someone to post on social media and that kind of thing um but it was kind of like my my way of coping and feeling connected to other people and I definitely got messages from you know mums that had lost um children and you know or had still births or um had losses in in a few different ways and um, you know, I've we've sort of had a few little conversations and stuff, I haven't really had any um, meetups in person or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I definitely, there is support out there. Um, and, yeah, I guess the hardest thing is the way that she passed and, and no one having that, you know, that's it's a very unique Story, and mm. it's a very, um, you know, a, a lot of those support groups are for, you know, like stillbirth mothers and stuff, which are super valid. And like, um but the fact that I, you know, I'm lucky to have even got three weeks of kind of parenting and motherhood. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it feels like such a different journey to anyone else. And so, yeah, haven't really found you know anyone to super connect with mm. if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah and I think you know yeah. every story is so unique and there's never going to be someone that's mm. been through the exact same thing right but I think no, you know, exactly. and sharing today like I'm it will just there'll be so many mothers out there I'm sure that it's just nice like it's such a hard thing to talk about I can appreciate and to come mm. on and share just I think that's so brave of you and oh man I've just been sitting here with teary eyes the whole whole time we've been speaking it's just such a so excited for you to meet your little one in November yeah and just wanted to say a big thank you for coming on and sharing and I'm sure the story will resonate with so many mamas out there and if people did want to reach out to you are you happy for them to do that Yeah, I'll tag your account in the show notes so that if anyone wants to get in touch and have a chat, they they obviously can do that. But, yeah, just a big thank you again. Incredibly brave and, yeah, excited to hear how the next stage of your journey goes. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Emma, and thank you for allowing the space for me to share my story (laughs) as detailed as it kind of got. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been really good. Thank you.